This is the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church Reno, we love God, love others, and make a difference. For more information, visit lifechurchreno.com. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts you. Uh, last week, we kicked off a brand new series entitled Train. And what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks is looking at some daily habits that lead to a healthy, growing spiritual life. And I believe this series is very timely. Um, One of the things that we learned kind of coming out of COVID is that, you know, for a lot of people, they were... um, you know, I think there was this common belief before COVID that you could just kind of show up to church for an hour, that I could just come, let the professionals do what they do, let them download some content to me, and that I would somehow leave differently than I showed up. And all the while, I never really had to do much, right? But when COVID happened, it kind of hit us that this idea that, listen, each and every one of us, we have to take personal responsibility for our own spiritual growth. You see, when 2020 hit, a lot of us found ourselves at home, and many people, they had to learn for the first time how to pray and read the Bible and worship and spend time with God on their own. And for us as leaders uh, in the church, we kind of, our focus shifted from giving out fish to kind of teaching people how to fish, right? And so I believe this series that we're in, Train, looking at these daily habits, these spiritual disciplines, I believe this is incredibly relevant for where we're at today. And I believe also that these daily habits, it's so important for us to take these and embrace these in our own individual lives because listen, transformation doesn't just happen. Change, becoming like Christ doesn't just happen. You know, Pastor Dave last week uh, gave an awesome message kind of introducing this series, and I encourage you to go back. But one of the things he said was, listen, we're not talking about spiritual disciplines just for spiritual discipline's sake. Transformation is the goal, right? That's the whole reason we're here. That's the whole reason I'm here on earth. Apart from making other disciples, the reason I'm here is to grow and become more like Christ. Transformation is the goal. And so as we look at these daily habits, these spiritual disciplines, it's important that we embrace these because, man, that change, that transformation doesn't just occur on its own. We have to be intentional about it. So today we're going to be unpacking kind of the first of these disciplines, the first of these habits. And today we're going to be talking about the topic of prayer. And for me, you know, prayer is one of those things. It's I kind of view it like worship. And what I mean by that, it's, it's one of those things that can be very simple, but at the same time, very complex, right? It could be something that, man, anyone can do, but at the same time, you can spend your entire life studying these topics and you'll never even scratch the surface. Like for example, worship, you could say, man, it is as simple as, Singing songs to God, right? We did it this morning. Anyone can do it. 
But man, worship is so much more. I mean, worship can be a weapon of spiritual warfare. It can be the key to unlock blessing and favor and God's power. It can be an avenue of theology. It can be an act of sacrifice and surrender. It can be the statement and declaration of faith. You see, it's very simple, but it's also very complex. Prayer is the same way to me. It's very simple, like talking to God, just talking to God. But at the same time, it is so much more. And we're going to take a look at some of what prayer is today. And I will admit, though, um, you know, Pastor Tom could teach a semester-long graduate-level course on this topic of prayer. But you guys have me today. So we're going to be taking the more simplistic approach because, uh, as Forrest Gump said, I'm not a smart man. No, I'm just kidding. So as we dive into prayer, I, you know, um, this year, my wife and I uh, will celebrate uh, 22 years of marriage, 22 years this year. Um, what no one really knows is that we only dated like six or seven months. And on top of that, it was all a long distance, right? She was in San Diego and I was in Dallas and we only knew each other like seven months before we got married. And for a lot of people, they're like, man, that is crazy. And I agree, man. I think if I would probably say that to my own kids today, like, don't do that. That's crazy. But as I thought about it, it really wasn't that crazy because, hear me out on this, the only thing that my wife and I could do for those seven months was talk. That's all we could do. There were no other distractions, just communication. And we would talk for hours on end, man, getting to know each other, learning about each other, getting to know each other's heart, their likes, dislikes. And although we were not face to face, listen, we were able to create intimacy. In the same way, prayer is the vehicle for intimacy with God. Prayer is the vehicle vehicle for intimacy with God. You see, I'm not face-to-face with God. Not yet. I can't physically see him. But I do have access to him. I do have this open line of communication that can lead to a deep, intimate, personal relationship. And that communication with God, prayer, it's vital Because just like any other relationship, listen, if there is no communication, there's no relationship, right? I mean, think about it. If you never spoke to your spouse, what kind of relationship would that be? If you never spoke to your kids, what kind of relationship would that be? You know, it's funny that like I will go through these moments where my prayer life isn't where it should and I wonder why God seems distant. Because without communication, there is no relationship. And listen to this. If the whole point, we just talked about, if the whole point of me being here is transformation, if that's the goal, if the goal is for me to become more like him, how do I become more like him if I don't know him? I said it before in a previous message. How do you follow a God that you can't hear? 
You know, it's in times of prayer that I get to know his heart. It's in times of prayer that I get to know what's valuable to him. I get, it's in times of prayer I develop eyes to see people like he sees people. It's in times of prayer that I begin to kind of develop ears to discern what he wants. And yes, God speaks just like any type of communication. Listen, prayer is a two-way street. I think so many times I've made prayer just about me about what I want, about what I'm going through, about just, man, what I, you know, it's just, man, what I like, what I, it's like my daily gripe fest or something, you know? And it never occurs to me that maybe God has something he wants to say to me. You see, prayer is a two-way street. I know a lot of Christians that make just prayer all about them. And their prayers, they end up sounding, remember that old Toby Keith song, that old country song? Let's talk about me, let's talk about I, let's talk about number one, oh me, oh my. But I think that's what prayer looks like for a lot of people. And like I said, it never occurs to them that God has something to say. Listen, church, God does want us to bring our needs before him. He does want us to bring our concerns to him. But it's more than just that. I mean, he's more than just this spiritual Santa Claus that we're sitting in his lap telling him what we want. It's more than that. He's more than just this genie waiting for my three wishes today, right? He is my creator. He is my father. And I have the privilege of being able to approach him and to know him through prayer. If you have your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 12. It says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. But then listen to this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, God, he wants to be known. He wants us to speak to him, but he also wants to speak to us. And we do that through prayer, which is the vehicle, vehicle for intimacy with God. But prayer is also, listen to this, how we align ourselves with God. Prayer is how we align ourselves with him. Now notice, it's not the other way around. It's not about God aligning himself with us. You know, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus prays this prayer, the most famous prayer, the Lord's prayers, as many of us know it by but he prays this prayer to kind of model for us how we should pray. And in verse nine, Jesus says this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done, not mine, yours on earth as it is in heaven. And then he goes on to kind of conclude that prayer by saying, thine is the kingdom 
and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You see, prayer, church, it's all about him. It's all about him. It's about his name. It's about his kingdom. It's about his will. And prayer's a time for me to align myself to him, not the other way around. See, in times of prayer, it's not for me to move and try to manipulate God to, align, to, to move in my direction. It's a time for me to step and move in his direction. You see, when I make it about me, when I make it about my kingdom and my will, what I'm doing is I'm the one who now is in control. The only problem with that is I don't have the ability to do anything or change anything, right? But when I pray and I acknowledge this is about your kingdom, God, this is about what you want, your will, not mine, and I need to get in step with that. Listen, when we do that and when we submit to him and when we allow him to rule in our lives, guess what? He has the freedom and the power and ability to move and work in our lives and determine our outcome. Only he can do that. So prayer, it's a chance for us to align ourselves with God. You know, going, looking back at Matthew 6, we see that Jesus prayed that prayer as an example for us, right? He just said, hey, this is how you should pray. It was a teaching moment for his disciples. But if you really, if you look throughout the gospels, you see that actually prayer was something Jesus did on a regular basis. This was a part of his life. This was a way of life. It was like breathing. It was just automatic, not just this activity he did on occasion. I'll read some scriptures for you real quick just to show you this, and I want you to stick with me. Mark 1.35 says, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You see, the, you can see in that passage just this intentionality of getting up early and going to a solitary place to pray. Luke 5.15, yet the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke 9, 28, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. Matthew 14, 23, after he had dismissed them, he went up onto a mountainside by himself to pray. Matthew 26, 36, Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. So you see, prayer was just a way of life for Jesus. But have you ever wondered why? Why did Jesus pray? It wasn't to develop intimacy with God. The Bible says that he and the Father are one. It wasn't to align himself with God's purposes. The whole reason he was there was part of his plan. Why did Jesus pray? Why do we see it all throughout the Gospels? Well, the answer is the last point this morning, which is that prayer unleashes God's power in our lives. Prayer unleashes God's power in our lives. You see, God, he's the power source. 
He's the one that we need to tap into daily. You know, so many times when things get difficult, so many times when when I've kind of reached my end, so many times when my strength begins to fail, man, I have this, for some reason, whether it's stubbornness or pride, I have this thought, if I just hang on long enough, if I just white-knuckle this thing, I will get through this moment, right? When all along, what I should be doing is just stopping to pray and to call upon the name of Jesus. Because listen, the Bible says it's in our weakness that his strength is perfect. In John 15, Jesus said, listen, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing that's lasting, nothing that's good, nothing that's fruitful. But listen, if you abide in me, if you stay plugged into the source, there's nothing that we can't do. Luke 22, verse 41 This is right before Jesus was about to go to the cross, just moments before. In verse 41, it says, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He knelt down and he prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And then listen, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. See, Jesus was about to go through a very tough moment. In fact, he was about to face the toughest thing that anyone would ever face. And in the midst of that, he made it a priority to stop and to pray. Because he knew where power comes from. Church, I think the lesson for, listen, prayer should not be our last resort. It should be the first response. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. So many times when I'm in a tough spot, I seem to kind of, man, try everything under the sun. Man, if I just do this, if I just say that, if I just, whatever. And then when none of that works, like it's like the last resort, God, I need your help. Man, it should be the first thing that we do. Call upon the name of the Lord. Pray. And not the last thing that we do. And you see this in Jesus' life. There's this pattern as we read through those verses. We're in the midst of, of all the stuff going on, in the midst of the activity and the chaos. Listen, he would withdraw to pray. Because he knew and where power came from. I think the lesson for us, listen, we are no good to anybody when we're running on fumes. We're no good to anybody when we're just reliant on our own strength. And we need to understand that, listen, we need to daily tap into the source. We need to daily take time to withdraw and to refill, replenish, recharge. And stay centered in him. And if, listen, if Jesus did that, man, how much more do we need to do that? Amen? So prayer, it's the key to unleash God's power in our lives. But I can't tell you this. 
God's power in our lives, it, it comes in many different ways. It looks different for every person. Maybe God's power in your life is strength, as we talked about. Maybe it's wisdom. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, pray, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Maybe God's power in your life looks like healing. James 5.14, if anyone among you is sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. So prayer is the key to unleash God's power in your life, which may look like healing. For others, it may look like provision. Matthew 7, verse 11, if you then though you were evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You know, church, that's why that whole aligning myself with him is so important. And he commands us over and over not to worry. He promises over and over that he'll supply our needs. And listen to this, when I'm aligned with him, when I'm in his will, when I'm in step with him, listen, the responsibility to provide what I need rests on him, not me. You hear me say it a lot. If it's God's will, then it's God's bill. But we have to ask. So prayer is the key to unleash God's power and provision in your life. And then God's power in your life, it may look like protection. Maybe some of you, that's what you need. You know, there's a story in the Bible I want you to take a look at. If you have your Bibles, turn over to Luke chapter 18. And as we wrap up, this, I just want to show you this. This is a great story. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. I love, I love that, like, right out of the gate, he tells you the point of the story before he tells you the story. It's like he knows, like, half of us like, have ADD. We won't get through it. But he said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in the town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And in the translation, that's not talking about a physical attack. That's about putting a mark on his reputation. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. 
See, there's this judge who Jesus said doesn't care about God, didn't care about anybody. The only thing he cared about was himself, right? And he for sure didn't want to be bothered by this widow's problem. You got to understand back in this day, widows and orphans were the lowest of the lows. They were on the lowest rung of the ladder. I mean, even slaves were considered kind of higher than a widow. So you have this widow, which apparently somebody had done her wrong. But she's seeking legal protection because she couldn't protect herself. She had no standing in that society. But although she was a widow, although she was looked down upon, what she did know is she knew the law. And she was persistent. And she kept at it and kept at it and kept coming to that judge. And she kept coming to that judge until finally he decided to act and grant her the legal protection that she wanted. And it wasn't because he cared about her. It wasn't because he cared about her situation. It was because he cared about his own reputation. And Jesus says, hey, if this unjust, unrighteous judge will do that for a stranger, do, this, do that for somebody he can care less about, I mean, won't God do so much more for his very own children that he deeply, deeply loves. And I don't want you to miss this. Listen, the judge in this story, he acted on behalf of this widow. Listen, catch this, because he was obligated by the law. Jesus, God, Listen, he responds to us. He responds to our prayer. He's moved to action, not because of our discomfort, not because of our current situation. I want you to get this. God moves and is called to action in our lives because he's obligated by his law, which just happens to be his word and his promises. This is deep. Don't miss this. He doesn't move into action because I'm uncomfortable. He moves into action because as a child of God, I have a legal right based on what he said. Listen, when we pray, church, stop praying with these lame general statements. God bless me. Put a hedge of protection around me. We need to start praying according to what God says in his word. We need to pray according to what he's promised us. Because he's obligated. He'll never contradict what he previously said. And we have rights as his children. That's why Reading the Bible and prayer go hand in hand because we pray according to his word and his promises. And if we do that, listen, it unleashes God's power and God's protection in our lives. And as we wrap up today, church, I want to encourage you, take time daily to talk with God. And it's not just a one-way street. 
Take time daily to talk to him, which means, yes, I bring my concerns. I bring what I'm going through. I bring my needs. But I also take time to listen to what he has for me. And as you do, that relationship with him will just grow so much richer and deeper. And when you pray, make sure that we're making it about him. We're making it about what he wants, his will, his purposes, his plans, not what I want. And it's a chance for us to move to get into step with him. And if we do that and we pray according to his word, and we'll see God's power, God's strength, God's wisdom, God's healing, God's provision, his protection unleashed in our lives. Amen. Let's pray together. God, first and foremost, I thank you that we have access to you 24-7. God, you are not some distant God who's not concerned with what we're going through, but God, you know us and you see us. And Lord, you want to be known by us. But God, I pray you'd forgive me for when I take that incredible privilege of knowing you and I take it for granted and I fail to come to you when I should. God, I pray that, Lord, every day I would recenter myself in you, that, God, I would be aligned with what you want. And, God, I thank you that you're faithful to hear us. You're faithful to provide. You're faithful to act on our behalf. What a good God you are. I thank you that you are the perfect and just and righteous judge. And God, I pray that coming to you, leaning on you, relying on you, tapping into your power, God, that that becomes our first response, not our last resort. I pray we become church and a people of prayer. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this, and we'll see you soon.